Thank you for joining us for Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. I am Ms. Shannon, very happy to be joined by my regular co-host and podcast life mate, Mr. Jayton Satia, Executive Director of the Twin Cities Film Fest. Jayton, uh, welcome back, uh, because uh, as we are recording this one, uh, you missed the last episode, and I was sad. I was very, very sad. Um well, you need to live on beyond me. God, no, no. Be there all the time. That is unacceptable. Absolutely. That, that is unacceptable. unacceptable. Um, I hope you had a good, uh, uh, good solo uh, <laughs> podcasting. But I'm I back survived. and I'm excited. And I I'm survived. <laughs> invigorated for the COVID holidays. Oh yeah, you know we are moving into uh, another milestone in our new normal. So to help us navigate that, we thought we would get our good friend on. And so joining us today, she is the food and dining editor of Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. She's also our friend and a giant Marvel comic book geek, Stephanie March. Hello, Stephanie. Good to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Now, Stephanie, uh, you and I were having drinks like a year ago, and we talked about wait, you. Wait, 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 wait. Weren't we all a year ago <laughs> doing all of that stuff? You're right. You're right. Okay, cool. We were yeah. A year ago, we were doing all the things, and now right. we are doing none of the things. Um, Zero. And so, you know, a lot of what you cover, particularly uh, as the food uh, food dining editor at Minneapolis-St. Paul Magazine, is really championing our restaurant industry. And I wanted to make sure that we cover that as well as talking about some of the geek things that we like, because I don't think a lot of people really understand why that industry needs to get championed. And we've talked about similar ways that Jayton and I uh, feel about our theater industry and, and, the, and the Hollywood industry because we work with them. So uh, we're so intertwined with that particular leg of our, our, our society. And you are similar in vain with the restaurant industry. Yeah. There's, you know, the thing to me is that I totally get that, the idea that the theater groups and it's the same kind of collection, loose collection of individuals and creative individuals right. who necessarily, you know, the difference I think you guys have, big Hollywood has this, has sort of an overarching support system, but there really is no big support system for restaurants. That's right. pretty much the only difference, but otherwise we like to think of each the same way because these are great small businesses that employ a great number of people locally, wherever they are, but yet at the same time, they're not necessarily valued as a career path. And right. so they get a little bit shuttled and a little bit shuffled when, you know, when we're talking like big financial packages that are in support of them and the government seeing them as viable and needing to save. Right. For some reason, restaurants and theaters seem to get in that same place of like, well, but are they needed? Right. And we're like, yes, absolutely. And Stephanie, part of the reason why I also wanted to talk to you about this is that I think a lot of people really overlook how much of our employment strategy here in the U.S. is based upon restaurant industry, food workers, those kind of things. They really just don't get it. There's a couple of people that go, well, I only eat out once, you know, every three months. So they think that they're the only, that's everybody's experience. And it's not. Yeah. This is no. somebody's primary job yeah. is being yeah. in this industry. Well, and when you consider there's the largest employer in the country is the healthcare industry, and then the restaurant industry is second, right. or I should say the hospitality, because right. it includes hotels, mm -hmm. and it includes, you know, all sorts of things like that. And then the third after that is government. Right. So, you know, it's bigger than the government, basically. I yes. think. So it's interesting to me that that is a thing that, you know, still gets 
you know, looked differently at. And you're right, people, it is an experiential thing. And there are people who go out all the time. And then there are people who maybe go out once a month. Right. You know, and so we have my, such a experience. My, my mom and dad used to own a couple of Indian restaurants. Like, oh, yeah. So they've, they've retired since then, but I would say 50 to 60% of all of our revenue that would come in in those restaurants would be from corporate America. Yeah, it would yeah. be the Blue Cross across the, you know, Blue Cross uh, across the street or Thomson Reuters or like come in and cater our events, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, all these employees during the lunchtime are going to restaurants. Nobody's fucking cooking in their own right. homes anymore. <laughs> no, like it was the most frustrating. Lunch. <laughs> it was right. the most frustrating thing to to hear from yeah those every once in a while I get I'm one of those people I, I like cooking a lot yeah. I do that I do predominantly all the cooking at home I do the grocery shopping the whole thing we are the ones who are kind of do the two or three times a, a month we'll do a takeout or, mm-hmm. or go out um, but I absolutely value the hospitality industry and again we're we've been conditioned if you don't have a job go go to the hospitality go go do something right, right. go yeah. get a job. And yeah. what jobs are available, what jobs are needed are the hospitality, are the restaurants. Are, and that's where all of our workers, people who are going through college, are, are making it through. People who work at gas stations. Right. I mean, that's- these people are doing three or four other things. This is just one of them. Right. And yeah. if this is your primary and this gets taken away from you. And well, and we were, we were like during like one of the dot, one of the original, you know, the big dot com busts, you know, um, we, I remember I was opening a restaurant in Seattle uh, and it was, you know, we had maybe 20 bartender server type, you know, applicant or positions available. There was a line of 1500 people. Right. You know, and that's exactly what you're saying is that, you know, everyone sees the restaurant industry as this fallback as, oh, well, I'm doing this while I'm doing something else. And that has hurt us because the people who are in it professionally, you know, we, although we do rely on, you know, that sort of flow of workforce, the people who are in it and are trying to make a career of it, it's harder for them to define them, you know, the ways that they live as a career and to get the financial support for that. Right. So. And I think we notice it, you know, for another intersectional reason is that that was the, the that was someone's primary job is that they worked in the hospitality industry so that they could follow their passion as an right. actor and as a performer. Right. And True. so now both of their things are gone. You're um, right. You know, and so we're seeing that in our counterparts who didn't have a you know, and I know I'm blessed, and I say that all the time when people ask me if I'm busy. I had other anchors, and I also had a, 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 the, the way that I intertwined with the performance industry is I kind of already had a virtual background because in addition to being a live performer, I do TV and I do radio. So I knew how to talk to nobody and presume I was funny. That's a right. different skill set. Then, and so when people are saying what you've heard as well, just go find another job or just do that, that's not the way it works. You spent your whole career becoming a valuable hospitality worker and and developing your performer skills. You can't just drop it and go, okay, I'm going to do something else. The same right. way as if you had a highly trained skill as an engineer, if they stopped creating whatever it is you were an engineer for, you couldn't just go, yeah, I, all the, the, the last 17 years, yeah, that doesn't matter. I'll just do another thing. It doesn't work that way. It, no, doesn't. it doesn't. No. So, no. so I'm glad that you are still keeping busy. I appreciate you championing everything that you do over at Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. And I, you know, and, and I also want to give you kudos because 
I know this from talking to other people. When we talk about your job, they're like, well, that's a cool job. That's all right. They don't look at it like it's hard. It's hard. Like, you have to make a lot of hard choices. You have to have people that are never happy with your decision. No, no. <laughs> Listen, everyone has an opinion, right? And that's the kind of the gig. But, and, you know, as being a food person who's out there and recommending things and, you know, sort of propping things up and then right away someone, and especially now because everyone's eating and doing their own things, but they're like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? And you're like, well, yeah, but I only have like 300 words to write that in. So, right. you know, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. So sometimes and lift I think your own everybody lift now has their own platforms if they are so passionate about a specific restaurant or specific delivery service or whatever. I mean, you have your own platform now to voice your um, passion for it. So what they could easily do, I think, that's what I, this is what I've done when I've, when I've found a critic who was criticizing a specific film um, and it didn't match mine. But again, it's their opinion, but I know how many followers they have. I would comment, tag them on it, and say, oh, by the way, did you also know that this other movie by this director was much better than the one that you just uh, you know, recommended? So I'd actually encourage people to go check out that movie as well. So then you're using their voice. You're also putting their passion, uh, your passion out there, but you're also not blaming the person who's put right. it. Like, you can't blame Stephanie for recommending an awesome Ogie, she had something that you can't, you can't blame her for that. So, Stephanie, he's just giving everybody a master class in being an appropriate troll. So, if you're going to troll somebody, at least be useful in your trolling versus right. just being a terrible, miserable Yeah, I don't being. like those people Perfect. who are being a troll. Yeah. <laughs> right. Be a positive troll. Be a, like, positive a happy troll. Positivity. Right. We need positivity right now. Right. Be a troll with rainbow sparkly hair. Okay. Be yeah. like a, a, a sparkle troll. Don't be a terrible troll. You yeah, know, so... Um, so we'll come back to what you're doing over at uh, Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine, but I wanted to talk to you because the article that I was reading most recently, and, and I know that you deep dive into Marvel stuff just like we do, and, you know, I, Jayton and I, we talk a lot about the fact that our blind spot quite often are the TV series of things that even if we love it, we live in the movie realm. Like, we can tell you everything about the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe and then dabble into the shows and where they pulled them in and where we needed to know. But if you ask us about every episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we fall apart. You know. Oh, my God, I'm in the same boat right. with you guys. Exactly. And so when I saw this article that came out most recently, they had an article that was actually talking about what's going to be the next Captain Marvel film that now has been pushed back to 2022, it's seems like because we had to wait for we had to push back everything so it's caused this domino effect in this article along with talking about the, what's going to be in the next captain marvel phil film it also talked about why we need to pay attention to a lot of what's going to be everything that's on disney plus because it does not look there the way that they have dovetail everything into that universe now it looks like you kind of need to know what's going on over in Disney Plus. Is that what you seem to, the feeling you have as well, Stephanie? Yeah, so I did. The funny thing is I've had Disney Plus, you know, since the Mulan or since yeah. Hamilton, you know, the yeah. whole thing. And then, and then you know, we did all that. And then I just, we haven't watched it very much, so I was like, Even oh, the Mandalorian, I, are you, did you fall off I of that? We haven't, which is so, so gotcha. weird for us. Mm -hmm. But it just, with everything else, it just hasn't been a thing. And so we kind of thought, and I thought, oh, I should cancel it. And then that was the day of the big announcement, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. 
don't do that. Right, right. And so I was, and then my kid comes up showing me the Loki trailer, mm-hmm. and I was just like, wait a minute, wait, was that was that Black Widow? And exactly. I'm like, wait a minute, was that? So all of that, and then it, that the same thought came to my head where I was like, well, sh- crap, now I'm gonna have to start watching like the series. Exactly, because WandaVision seems to be uh, completely <laughs> intertwined with everything. We saw that as well. I saw the Loki trailer that you did as well, Jaden. Have you had a chance to see it yet? Oh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It and again, is. To, to, to piggyback on what you guys are saying is because Disney owns this, this global brand and has this passionate following, there are truly converting people over right. who are not episodic people because what they're going to end up doing is because they're pushing everything out from a cinematic side, from a film side, what they're going to do is they're going to release the first season of Loki, Yeah. and next time Loki appears in Thor 4, you're going to have to have exactly. to watch that. You're going to, like, you know, does that make sense? You have to watch those 10 episodes of the first yeah. two seasons to know where Loki was and right. how Loki's story And, like, why he's back. Exactly, because yeah. otherwise it won't make any sense, you know. I know. And WandaVision seems to be doing the same thing. And the other thing in this particular article, and we'll put a link to it in um, the comment section of this episode, is that it talked about who is one of my new favorite Marvel characters, uh, the new Miss Marvel, so Kamala Khan. And I know her because I'm a comic book nerd. I still read, I still dabble and read some of the actual comic books um, and have that subscription as well. But I first found out about this particular character, and if you're not familiar, for those who don't know about the most recent iteration of Ms. Marvel, um, it's a, a new a character. That, uh, Kamala Khan is a teenager that's based out of Jersey City. She's a Pakistani-American, so she's dealing with, you know, these what's it like to be a teen that has these powers now, what happens, how does she work into the, uh, the series. And in the comics, she intertwines with a lot of these characters. And so, and it's going to be, it, you can tell just because of the timelines that we have available in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's going to be slightly different than what we're accustomed to with that particular Miss Marvel um, comic book arc. But she's going to have her own TV show. And so as someone who... Um, and Jaden and I talk about this, and, and I think it'll make sense to you, too, is that, you know, we've been in this comic book geek world since we were kids, just mm-hmm. like you. And so you have watched, just as we have over the years, where we had to fight as BIPOC members and as women to have characters with agency, to have representation and have all of these things. So I am going to damn watch the Ms. Mm-hmm. Marvel show on Disney Plus, if I, you know, because I know you that just for that, probably. Yeah, exactly, because I kind of feel like you know, and and especially some of the things they're going to do in Captain Marvel too, um, you know, with some of the characters that again I've uh, you know worked on before, like the Monica Rambo characters and and these things. Hearing about that is give making me excited, but mm-hmm. I know that I'm still outnumbered, and if I'm not, and and not only am I outnumbered. I am, I only have so much time. And we <laughs> talked about trolls and anti-representation uh, trolls in the geek world got all the time in the world. And they'll spend all their time tanking these things that I know I would enjoy. So now I have to spend my time preemptively shielding myself and my pro- the things that I know that I will love from these trolls because you know they're going to come out they were already trying to get brie larson fired and get you know the the captain uh marvel movies uh, canceled 
because all we're allowed to have is Captain America. You know, we can't right. have Captain Marvel too. Captain is the first girl. one. Captain isn't something girls are. Exactly. You know? Right. I know. I have to tell you that I'm so excited for Kamala Khan because of the fact of I want a teenage woman or girl superhero. Like right. I love my Peter Parker. Yes. You know what I mean? Because of that, the reason I've always loved a Peter Parker is because he's supposed to have that sort of teenage wit, and not all the movie characters have done that so right. well. But I like. You know, I like uh, our boy now, Tom, whatever. Yes. Can't think of and I'm going to yeah. send you some stuff on him. You'll love him even if you watch him in the background. He's just charming, and you'll love all this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, like, I want that attitude from a girl, though. Yeah. I want I want to celebrate the the girl teenage attitude, and I think that this is a, a way we can do this. And then to have it be a Pakistani girl yes. just layers on so much, much good story. I it. agree. Just, there's so much good tension there that can be fun. The other thing that I really appreciate about what, uh, Marvel is doing as they move forward is that a lot of properties are saying, okay, if you live in this world, here are our fans, so we are not going to work towards diverse characters, but we also are not going to work towards diverse directors and screenwriters. And Marvel, I think, is going, okay, here's what we've decided, we're going to do this. So we had Ryan Coogler, and he was the first black director when we had Black Panther. And I, of course, love that, and people had their concerns. But I'm glad that that still existed. And so yeah. in this next film, Nia DaCosta is going to direct. So she is going to become the first black woman to helm a Marvel movie. And, you know, it's one of those things that I, I appreciate that she's doing this. I appreciate they gave her the opportunity to do this. What I'm concerned about is whenever, you know, I'm glad that we are continuing to burst these walls. But when we are still off to so many firsts, that doesn't give you – I want us to bake in the opportunity for it to be imperfect. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because we don't have enough of these properties. So if it has – like if it's a terrible movie that has, you know, a – and I'm probably going to get trolled for this. If it's a terrible movie that has a cis white male in it, we just go, okay, whatever. You know, but we still okay because we have enough properties that there's yeah. good ones as well. We don't yeah. have enough of that that has – you know, female characters or BIPOC characters. That's a really great point, that it is the pressure of to succeed beyond anyone's expectations. Right. So beyond, mm-hmm. it's, it's an unfair expectation. Right. And it's weird that some of them can, you know, I mean, I think like even the Black Panther movie, you know, that was like people were like, eh, is it really going to work? And then it was like, oh, my God, does right. it work? Yeah. You know? And so, you know, we're excited to see what they do with that. You know, I feel like we – you know, I, I, I like watching the drama behind it because I do think that it still shows a disparity where there's some uh, characters and actors that can do no wrong and everybody will jump to their, their, their defense and other characters that maybe have not been around long enough, the actors that haven't been around enough, and people are willing to go, okay, well, you will cancel. Um, so I just want this whole industry to do well enough that – Movies can be meh, you know, kind of thing, and we can go because another one will come around that'll be okay, and it you know, and every time something only does all right, we don't go well. These kind of movies don't work, and I don't know. Well, you know let me do you let t- me ask you a question, okay. right? As we're as we're in COVID times right now, and one of the things that we briefly touched on was how the movie theater industry is just hurting, um, and maybe perhaps coming into a collapse in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, when you talk about how it did, how well it did, our past benchmark is how much was it made for, how much did it make, mm-hmm. right? With Disney Plus, 
with subscriptions and Netflix overtly not telling us what people are watching. It's up to them to give us the information. There's no transparency there. Right. Um, how are we as consumers going to guess which movie is doing well, which movie isn't doing well? If it's going day in, day out, uh, here it's in the movie theaters, but it's also on Netflix at the same time. Um, the, the benchmark of how it did it's it's beyond the consumers now. It's only decision is by the by the the, the producing company who made the film, right? Like the, those people, the, the distributors, are the ones that are going to decide which we which they should continue versus which they wouldn't continue. So, right, um, it's a fascinating world we're living in. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on even from a food side, Stephanie. Um, what are the permanent changes we're going to see? into 2022 and i'm not going to say 2021 because we're right. still kind of on the roller coaster yeah 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 it's interesting i mean i think clearly the the number one thing to know and to really understand is that takeout and delivery are here to stay right i mean right. before before covid hit their numbers were already starting to climb like crazy and they were saying that probably they were projecting that by the end of 2021 uh, that there is going to be 70%, you know, of meals consumed would be delivery or takeout. And that was, that was like, that's what they were projecting for two years. Well, that obviously hit it, right. you know, this last year. So I think that's, it's not going anywhere. And that's, that's just going to get refined. I know that, you know, like DoorDash just went public and they had a massive, you know, they're just billionaires now. And yet they're hurting restaurants that they're trying to, you know, that they're using in order to become these billionaires. Right. There's going to be a bit of a backlash from that. And okay. so I think we're going to see some interesting, you know, ways that people are going to advocate more for the delivery process to be more beneficial. So right. we'll see how that rolls. That's a, that's a huge thing. But I also think as far as, you know, brick and mortar restaurants, people will really want to come back to restaurants when it's safe enough. Right. Um, and I think that what we're going to see is that, I, you know, we're all predicting that by summer, you know, with vaccine news and everything, what we're talking about now, that we're by this summer, we think, you know, it'll probably be a, just a huge renaissance of people going out. And so there'll be a lot of, you know, traffic. Um, but I think that it'll depend on how, if the restaurants get some relief right now. But I think we're going to move towards a smaller model. I don't think okay. we're going to see a lot of big restaurants anymore because just the rent and all of those variabilities that, you know, when customer counts go away, if there's another pandemic, nobody, they realize that that's just untenable. Right. You know, so I think we're going to see smaller venues, especially for more food focused and, you know, sort of like, I, w- I want to say the chefier, you know, the, the, the people who push the edge, the, the women and, and men who are the chefs that are, you know, looking forward into developing cuisine, they're going to go smaller and they're going to go more intentional. So right. we may not find... As as guests and as eaters, we're going to have to make our peace with the fact that we can't have what we want when we want it all the time. Like, you can't. very American. Right. All the people who are like, well, what do we want tonight? Well, let's just get in the car. That might yeah. not be the case for a while. You need to go right. back to, we need to make a reservation. We have to plan yeah. ahead. There might be, you know, there might only be 20 seats available for an yeah. evening for a while at some of those it's a very specialty and dedicated spots. Is that what you're right. getting or at? even like, I want, you know, I'm hungry on a Monday night. I want to go grab something. Well, nobody's open on Mondays anymore right. because no one can afford to have seven days a week, you know. Or maybe you're like at 10 o'clock and you're like, man, I'm, I, you know, I'm driving home from a thing and I want to go, you know, sit down in a bar and eat a bunch of stuff. Well, maybe they can't support, you know, kitchen staff hours past 9 p.m. Right. Maybe they shouldn't. Like maybe the lifestyle of the cook 
and the server and the workers, maybe they shouldn't have to be so alternative to everybody else so that we can indulge our whims and joys. Right. Maybe there's a balance there. So I think we're looking towards that. One of the things that I uh, thought of as you were bringing up the the fact that the DoorDash mentality isn't really servicing the restaurants, um, do you think that this will make a difference? I know that there have been some restaurants in the Twin Cities and nationwide that tried to work towards that gratuity included model, uh, try to make it a more livable wage for all of the, the staff around that work in that industry. Do you think that this is a good time for that to reset as well so we can get more balance for those people who work in that industry? Yeah, I do. I believe okay. that, you know, we had in, you know, locally, of course, we had been working toward that $15 an hour, you know, sort of wage um, for minimum wage. And I think that that was a hard thing for restaurants to really handle. But that was, you know, now that we see what, when you dismantle everything, right? right? When you take everything down to nothing, the people who are the innovators think, how can we come back at this? And so Mm -hmm. by taking, actually taking the tip, tipping away, which is a lot of places have done that, you know, it, it does make it harder for people like, you know, theater people to get these part-time jobs and then just work and get a whole bunch of cash and then go do their other life. But for the ones who are the career servers, the ones who are there, they get benefits. They don't have to worry about working every Friday night just to pay their rent because suddenly if you're getting paid hourly, your Tuesday night is as lucrative as your Friday right. night. So suddenly your life is different and it's a huge adjustment and it's going to take the workforce to kind of move around to and figure out what is it that they want and right. where can they go that's going to give them what they want. But suddenly restaurants are thinking more long-term in that way. So right. I think I think it is the right time. I think everybody's looking at how can we make our lives better? How can we make it so that we're not about to close every three months? How can we make, you know, how can we make it so that we don't depend on December right. to give us our entire year's earnings? Like, that's just skewed and wrong. Right. And a lot of this has to do with changing the way we value menu pricing, mm-hmm. changing the way, like, understanding that your burger may cost $20, and that's the deal. And right. that it's not because it's fluffed up with poofy stuff. It's because beef is damn expensive. Yeah. And in order to bring it into your restaurant and then to have the people prepare it and pay for that, it costs money. And that's the deal. And we and instead of charging you $20 for pasta, which is cheap, you know, maybe we eat, maybe we make things cost what they're supposed to cost. Right. You know? And I've always been, you know, because I have my my youngest sister, she and her husband have always worked in the restaurant industry um, or something to do with food. They both do now as well, uh, even though they're more on the corporate side. And that was one of the things they always said where it was, you know, a similar story to what you said about your parents, Jane, where you just have to live at that restaurant. You know, as you live at that restaurant and people don't understand that, yes, it's a passion, but it. That career, and and even if we watch reality show, I I watch a lot of those chef-based reality shows where you talk about people who have uh, all those chefs' tables where you find about all of these very innovative chefs. And one of the common threads you hear, Stephanie, is about how much they just work and work and work and work and work and how it's hard on their family. It's hard Mm -hmm. on their relationships because they're always in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so is there a way, since, as you said, we are dismantling and we are resetting up, how do we try and support that industry so that it becomes a livable industry? Yeah, I think just helping the ones that are putting the good words out there and supporting them. I think, you know, what's funny is like every holiday, I've heard this over across the board, like, right there, everyone, all the restaurants are sad, of course, that 
the likelihood is that Christmas and New Year's won't happen in a restaurant, right? right? We still don't know if the governor, you know, or where, when we're talking. We right. don't know how it's going to all shift out. But yeah. the funny thing is, is how many servers I've said, I've heard say, wow, this was the first Thanksgiving I had off, or this is the first Christmas that I'm going to be with, like, my kids, right. you know? And that's a massively important thing that people, I don't think they get it. I don't think that the general eater understands that every, you know, that holidays are just not for the service industry, right. like, to celebrate. And so, and that includes birthdays and, like, the last days of school and all this stuff. So what I'm hoping is that there's, what I love is the idea of these meal kits Yes. How many people are supporting the meal kit thing and, like, the takeout for Thanksgiving or for Christmas? To me, that is an avenue. If we can keep that going, then service workers can have holidays, too. Right. You know? Or, you know, one of the things that I've done, because I, you know, I, you know, I, 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 have, I come from a family. We're all home cooks. And so it is a different thing for me to go oh, I'm going to go buy it like I would only do that when I was out being social so I have been even trying to retrain myself and go yeah you can order that you know kind yeah. of thing or you know look at there's some restaurants in my area that I know are family owned I respect them I want to you know shout out to Milton's because I live over here in Crystal you know oh, I yeah, want to yeah. make sure yeah so I want to make sure that I'm supporting them so I'm looking it up and figuring them out you know uh, recently our friend did a uh, a Star Wars holiday special toys drive that he's been doing for years and that's at the Bryant Lake Bowl so I made sure that you know I had to call ahead find out what their hours were now, drop off yep. my toy, and I couldn't, you know, I didn't need to order takeout, but I did. You know, I made sure that I ordered takeout because I want that place to still be there, you know, it. six months from now. And that's the same thing, like, for you guys, I don't know as far as if there's, like, a overarching theater charity or not, but there's not one for restaurants, you right. know. There's no, people keep asking me where they should donate, and I'm like, to your restaurant. Right. <laughs> I'm like, right. you have to go. Give them the dollars because there's nobody supporting. Like, there's no giant overarching, oh, I'm just going to throw it to the United Way and they're going to get it to everybody. Right. It doesn't work like that. Right. And, and I have even gift cards. I know one of the things that we, when, when my mom and dad owned the restaurants, we love the gift card concept. Mm -hmm. You know, that was actually a pretty, it's cash in now, mm -hmm. knowing that slow months are coming up, which is January, February after the holidays, knowing that we can take the cash, put it in the reserve, and make sure we're good for the next two or three months so that we, our servers and our uh, chefs in the back could continue to make food right. and serve our community. We loved it whenever anybody that came in is like, I got a $20 gift card from my friend, and I want to use it. More often than not, they spent more than 20 bucks. More, right. They spent yeah. 40 because it was a gift. Plus, they also then saw a couple of other things. They were like, you know what? We're also my, – my son would love this right now. You right. Know, and just add this to it. Yeah. Um, so, again, when you talk about is there an overarching theater charity, nope, there isn't. And, you know, we can't really even tell people to go into the theaters and buy tickets right now because the theaters are closed. Right. Yeah. Um, so we, to your point, support the actual restaurants. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They literally give them the money. Yeah. yeah. Even if it is like, hey, here, can I just do you have a gift card thing? Yeah. You know, yeah. each restaurant, even by by hand, they can make you something. Right. Something. Little right. IOU or something. And if you don't, um, you just check out their website. A lot of them have been more active on Facebook. Yes. You can find out what they're going on because that's the thing is I think we have to remind everybody that a lot of these industries were not super website driven because they didn't have to be. And so you need to give them some grace 
about the fact, you know, now they're getting oh. better at social media, but they, they no, they may not have been excellent at social media posting because they were actually making your food and talking to you when you're in the literally restaurant. Three, three people in the restaurant doing pretty much everything. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So to, 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 we, we used to get complaints all the time to be like, your website, this is misspelled on it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I am so sorry. Do I you know. Here? Like, I don't know. Do you want some, take some. You made it. You made it here. Right. But again, people complain. However, I think we are more now aware because mm-hmm. of everything. Because here's the thing everybody's living through the exact same thing right, right now in the world. So I think there is more empathy. At least I hope there's more empathy towards everything. Um, where, you know, if you don't get it right away, it's okay. Um, and I'm hoping that that translates and continues to move forward as restaurants do pivot, right. as, as businesses do change their business models um, to stay alive. We had that with the festival this year. We couldn't do a theater experiences, so we had to build our own streaming platform. And yes, there's always technical difficulties, but I saw more people comment saying congratulations. Here's a constructive feedback on something that I saw here. Right. And if you could implement that next year, I know I'll be back, but I know a couple of my other friends will be back too. Right. You know, like, so that is valuable. And I think people need to keep, keep again, keep that positive mentality in mind when just interacting with other human beings who are also running businesses. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of people, from what I hear, you know, people are being generous with tips and they're being generous or, you know, just with getting, uh, you know, again, the gift cards and everything else and then doing extra takeout. So, like, they may be getting a meal, but then they know they're going to have something for tomorrow or something. I've done that, yeah, where I'm like, yeah. okay, I, I, I'm like, I, I got throw my... the lasagna in my freezer. Exactly. You know I, mean? I bought different Tupperware. I did yeah. just because I'm like, well, I'm here now. And, you know, it's, it's it. and we know a lot of people, we appreciate everybody is in a difficult situation. If you are not in this position, we are not right. trying to pressure you in. Into it. We're just saying that if you are in one, this is a time for you to be more gracious and go. You know what? I, you know, I can. I'm, you know, I'm. My industry fired back up pretty fast, and I was able yeah. to do it. So I'm like, yeah, you know, like this summer, that's what we were doing. Like, yeah, normally if somebody was coming over and we were going to sit around and socially distance in my front yard, if they were coming over my house normally, I'd probably make food. But I'm like, if you're coming over. I'll order something. And we ordered yeah. something and we set it up and we ate it, you know, from, from someplace local. And so I'm going, I'm lucky that I get to do this. Let's make somebody else be able to do this right now. Yeah, so. exactly. And, hey, you know what? Can, if you guys don't mind, I'd shout out something. Mm-hmm. There's uh, an organization that I, I work with called Loaves and Fishes. And they're a marvelous organization. And they, because you guys do have theater people like us who are out of work and restaurant people who are out of work, I've been really, really kind of making sure that everybody knows that these guys, Loaves and Fishes, is, is they serve up free community right. meals. Mm-hmm. And it's a hot meal that you just drive up, you pick it up, and you go. Right. And it's free for anybody. They don't ask to see your credentials. They don't ask anything. They just, you drive up, and they hand you a hot meal, and you and you go. And there are 30 places around the metro. And I've talked to a lot of bartenders who have said, I'm at my wit's end, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. And they're they're stressed out. And I'm like, you know what? Will you just go pick up a hot meal from Loaves and Fishes? Right. It's literally something that will just, it gives you hope. It gives yeah. you like something in your soul. Someone is smiling at you behind a mask and handing you a hot container full of hot dish and salad, you know, and, and an apple. And it's, it's restorative. Right. And I think that, so for the people who can't do, you know, the support, but maybe need some support, 
just know you that know, they're... You know what you could do? I mean, I think that's a brilliant uh, brilliant business model. However, that works from a, from a financial side for them. Kudos you know, to them. That's somewhere, again, that, that's an organization if you want to give to, give to that organization. Right. Financially. That's you what can, I was thinking. Because yeah. it, helps, it helps not just restaurant people, but restaurant people obviously use it, but it also helps theater people, right. and it helps anybody who's in, you know, a strapped situation. They... they They've made, I think they've served over 4 million meals this year, you guys. And here's the thing, too, right? For me, I can easily um, think about a couple of people in my network that I could utilize this platform for. I could go pick it up and drop it off at their house. Yes, yeah. And you you drive up and you say, they go, how many do you need? Yeah. There's no shame, right? There's no shame if if I can, if I need to credentialize to be like, hey, I'm actually dropping it off with this people. If I need to verify that, I will. Mm-hmm. I do. I do know that certain people have pride yep. when they choose not to utilize right. services like that. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's also nothing wrong with accepting either. Right. No. And, and I am so glad you said that because that's one of the things that we talk about uh, with this organization that they wanted me to help work through is that there's a lot of working women, you know, who are maybe having like three jobs and they're right. so strapped and they can't you know, the heating bills go up and then all of a sudden you have Christmas things and then, you know, all these kind of crazy technology things to get your kids caught up to be able to go to school and all of this stuff, all of a sudden, maybe you can't even, maybe it's not so much about like the, you can't afford it, but maybe it's that you don't even have the time to cook a hot meal for your kids. Right. And so that's the idea is like, it's not, it's about whoever needs. And if we can, if a hot meal can help fill that need then that's what it is. And Stephanie, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that sometimes a lot of what we're forgetting right now and one of the spaces I've been spending a lot of time in is that mental health space. And reminding people that, just as you said, it's what you need. Like, to be able to go to an organization like this and go, I just needed to see somebody's eyes smiling at me and to actually have this feeling of comfort, that's fine as well. And then if you're in a position where you needed that, but monetarily you're like, well, I didn't, I can pay for it. Well, then you can donate back, and it still is a value. It's still a value to do that because maybe you needed that interaction because you were feeling low. And knowing and being able to see that other people are in the same place, that other people are in line as well, and knowing that you're part of a community that's trying to figure out how to find these new common bonds, that's of great value too. It is. It's huge. And it's also, you know, when you think of the people who are in isolation, and it doesn't have to be about money and it doesn't have to be about status or anything else, but they're in isolation and they are, maybe they don't have any family around or maybe they're not, you know, close with their neighbors. For them to be able to get out and just be in their car and then grabbing a hot meal and having someone, just human contact, right. that may save them. That may save their week. So we're just really supportive of them. Well, I'm I, them, so. we'll make sure we put the information in the yeah. link as well so you can continue to contact them. All right. I'm going to give you this chance before we wrap up. What is it that you're watching right now? What is, what's on your list? If, uh, you know, if we had to sit down and go, okay, we're going to borrow Stephanie March's passwords and watch what she's watching, what is it that you love right now? Oh, God. Well, of course, I'm like everybody else, and I just swallowed the Queen's Gambit ah, like a crazy woman. Okay. I mean, quite honestly, I already I already watched it, and then my kid, you know, he was like, oh, my friend said it's pretty cool. So I'm watching it again. <laughs> well done. Well done. There's that. There's that. And then um, – <laughs> You guys, I have never watched a Hallmark Christmas movie in my oh. entire life. 
And then I dipped in this week on kind of a dare, and yeah. I've watched like ten of them. Oh, so wonderful. <laughs> They're just giving you joy. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. It's, that makes sense. It's unreal, and it's so hard because they all have DJ Tanner or, Chris, or Gretchen Wiener <laughs> in them. And I'm like, DJ Tanner and Gretchen Wiener own this station, I think. <laughs> that is but, true. They go through they go through all those Hallmark celebrities. They go through cycles, and then there's yeah. some weird like Hallmark um, uh, shake up, or somebody will do something well, in real life. Yeah, they'll do something in real life, and then there's like they fire them, and then they find another well, Hallmarky star. Everybody was telling me that Lori Loughlin was used to be the queen, she but was. she's in jail now. Right. So she was. You. She was in all the things. She was She'll all the holidays. She'll yeah. be back. Maybe. Let me back. If once she once she's done with her prisoning, her prisoning, yeah. who knows? Maybe that'll be the redemption story. Right. That now she like, will have that much better of a redemption story. You're absolutely Here's what right. I think it'll is going to happen. I think. Christmas story from the prison or something. I, I think she's going to end up on a reality show. I think she's oh, going to end up, yeah, they're going to be following her and Mr. My Stuff Used to Be at Target around. And Real, house, Real Housewives of Prison? <laughs> They could get Teresa Giaduce or whatever in there, too. <laughs> and Martha Stewart. Martha right? Stewart, you're yeah, so right. Who used to be in jail, who was in jail for just a second and came back out and their redemption stories. And they go, I was in jail, too. I'm like, okay. I'm going to knock. I don't think anybody could come get me for anything, but you should knock yeah, out no. some stuff, too, Stephanie. I, don't, I think we're pretty safe. I don't have any scandals yeah. that I forgot about. You know, my kids. And I'm my not kids, running for public office. No, you know. my kids are like. <laughs> and you know, like uh, Stephanie, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write in your name for everything now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Why not? Steph March. Steph March. So we do encourage everybody to go and find all of your information if they're looking for you on Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. That's mspmag.com slash dining. That's where we can normally find you, right? Yep. Yep. Right. That's the best. And then you're, you know, you are fun to follow on Twitter. You very rarely put your foot in it. I was very impressed because we have some friends that I feel like all they do is start drama. I'm like, yeah. why did you start all that drama? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. You know, there's there's times for a certain amount of my friends. Right. I'll be scrolling on the Twitters, and then I feel like, hmm, I think I better call so-and-so because clearly <laughs> she's having wine with Twitter. Ah, uh, yes. Like, Maybe you should pull it back. I think you, you and I... We have a we have a male restaurant friend that does that as well too. Where I'm just like, I think I need to text him. Yeah, I know. You need to get off of that. Get off yeah, of that. But you can also make sure that you follow Stephanie. You can also find her as well, of course, if you are a My Talk 1071 fan. You can find her as well because she's still the host of the weekly weekly dish, along with our other favorite Stephanie. Um, uh, Stephanie Hansen, who we've talked to before on uh, BR Geek, so you can follow them every Saturday morning, and you guys do a great job. Like I know you guys, it, it, and it's interesting watching the dichotomy between the two of you. Like I know that you guys were recently talking about the cookie recipe that came out, and whether a cookie is a bar, and all the stuff that comes out. Um, so, so if you are a fan of food, and if you are a dabbler in the food industry, listening to the Weekly Dish is a fantastic place to do that. You can go to my talk one zero seven one dot com find them and previous episodes for there as well what else you got going on that you want us to talk about stephanie you know i will tell you this that you know so i do do all this food stuff and it's kind of crazy good but i have to advocate for the january issue that's coming out of minneapolis st paul magazine because we are uh, we worked really hard on it and i think it really speaks to hope right and i think that as we roll into 2021 i guess i would leave people with the fact that i am feeling hopeful and i'm feeling very uh ready to sort of embrace some new beginnings, like we said, and I'm ready to see the positive. And this issue that's coming out, we spoke to 
just leaders across the metro in the Twin Cities, you know, from, you know, sports heroes to politicians to, you know, lifestyle experts, everybody. And we just kind of got their view on what they're hopeful for for the next year. So it should be a pretty uplifting thing. I'm kind of excited about it. And when does that hit our newsstands? When can we get a hold of that one? Probably next week, right around Christmas. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So we'll make sure you look for that. I know that we also have some fun stuff coming up for the Twin Cities Film Fest. We have some new uh, content that's going to be available in January as well, right, Jayton? Yeah, now as we're wrapping up uh, the month of December, we have encore films that you can still watch, uh, films that we premiered at our festival this year that are available for you to watch for one last time. These Mm -hmm. are fan favorites. And then coming up in January, we have our Minnesota Shorts Showcase. So these are Minnesota filmmakers with independent short films, and we're going to compile them into a shorts block with a conversation afterwards on our website, TwinCitiesFilmFest.org. And kind of planning for uh, uh, an innovative 2021 and a hopeful and a positive 2021 for the Twin Cities Film Fest. So you can find that information, again, on our website, TwinCitiesFilmFest.org. That's also a great to find, a great place to find more information about Be Our Geek, our podcast here. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email the show or BeOurGeekShow at gmail.com, and you can call and leave us a message. So if you want to leave us your melodious voice, go to our, our phone number at 612-276-2774. We encourage you to please like and subscribe to Be Our Geek wherever you find your favorite podcast. And uh, I think we'll have plenty of opportunities to get you on again, right, Stephanie? You have a lot of stuff. And, and especially as all these things drop, if, if nothing else, I might need to borrow your Disney Plus password. So. I will give it. <laughs> Perfect. We love you, Stephanie. Thank you for joining us. Happy holidays to you and your family. We appreciate everything that you do. Jayton, same thing to you. I hope that you guys have a fabulous holiday over in your house. And I want to say thank you and happy holidays to all of our BR Keeks show fans out there we love you we appreciate you we look forward to having more amazing content for you in 2021 please keep listening be safe be healthy and be our geek because everyone is a geek about them to be your best every day you need proven quality sleep every night Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.